Daily Tech News Show is powered by you. To find out more, head dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, June 28th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Viva Las Vegas, I'm Justin Rabardier. And, of course, with us is our producer, Roger Chang. Hello, but I won't be with you for the rest of the show. Oh, are you taking my birthday off? (laughs) Yes. In honor of the anniversary of your birth date, I'm going to watch my kid. (laughs) All right. I like that. It's It's a good way to go. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Motorola will hold a press event August 2nd at 2 p.m. in Chicago to present a whole new way to connect. In other words, new phones, probably the Z3 or the One Power. Researchers from, hope I'm saying this right, Labra University, Western it's General spelled Hospital. Labra, but it's pronounced Lufk. Right. That. The University of Edinburgh and the Edinburgh Cancer Center developed a deep learning-based method to analyze compounds in human breath to detect illnesses, including cancer. Using NVIDIA Tesla GPUs, CUDNA accelerated Keras, and TensorFlow deep learning frameworks, the neural network uses data from cancer patients receiving radiotherapy to build its knowledge base. The work will be presented at the International Joint Conference on Neural Networks in Rio de Janeiro next month. Instagram Lite for Android launched Wednesday in the Google Play App Store. Instagram Lite is just uh, 573 kilobytes compared to Instagram's regular 32 megabyte main app and doesn't allow video posting or direct messaging options. The app is designed for older phones with less storage space, slower network connections, and anyone with limited data plans. Instagram owner Facebook launched Facebook Lite in 2015 and Messenger Lite back in April. And Wednesday, JAXA, the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency, uh, had their spacecraft Hayabusa 2 successfully reach its target, the asteroid 162173 Ryugu, after beginning its journey on December 3rd, 2014. It's now 20 kilometers away from Ryugu, which is uniquely diamond-shaped. Over the next month, Hayabusa 2 will close the distance to 5 kilometers and start to map the surface of the asteroid with a possible landing on Ryugu as early as September. Hayabusa 2 will return a sample of that asteroid to Earth sometime in late 2020. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the latest leak around Apple's TV plans. There's always something. The information reports this time that Apple may bundle music and TV and even magazine subscriptions into a single one subscription, similar to Amazon Prime's model, at least in theory. Customers could access Apple Music, Apple TV's premium content, and Apple News premium content. Apple has bought the distribution rights of lots of TV shows. We keep talking about it, but... We don't exactly know how Apple intends to sell all of this. Yeah, this seems to be kind of a new trend, doesn't it, Uh, that I think is beginning. Amazon pioneered this idea of, hey, Prime means free shipping, but also some free books, also a free video service, also this and that and this and that. And it sounds like Apple's considering doing the same thing, saying, hey, let's just have an Apple service. Maybe we'll throw iCloud in there. Maybe we'll throw, you know, this other thing, because subscription services are the new hotness as a business plan in the economics world right now. And everybody wants to do one. 
Well, and I know we're we're. It's still kind of remains to be seen what Apple will uh, offer as far as TV shows go. But I pay for Apple Music, ten bucks a month. Um, it's that's what it costs, so I pay it. What do we think that price point would be for something like this? If it were to be an all-in-one, I wouldn't be shocked if it's far from ten dollars a month. I think that that their idea being, if we get more people at ten dollars a month, then let's follow Amazon's model. Amazon's model initially was, hey, get two-day free shipping. That's the deal. And guess what? The deal opposite to Lando Calrissian and the Empire only gets better every time that they make an announcement. So they are always adding new reasons why. And yeah, the price might go up a little bit here and again. Ultimately, I think Apple's best play here, which, by the way, they have been terrible about subscription stuff previously. Their web services have almost historically been counter to the rest of that company, a gigantic failure point for them up until Apple Music became a major player in that field. So the the idea that they could do it, I think, is, uh, to me... Very, very interesting, because if if they are able to make it succeed, if it's more like Apple Music and less like iCloud, that is a good way that they can immediately turn on the gigantic user base they have that can hit their, I will subscribe, because we already have, Apple already has our credit cards, we can hit that in one button immediately. I think they I think you might see them go with like $15, maybe even $20, because they're Apple, uh, and they know they can get it. Uh, and and bundle in as much of those things t- together. I'm looking at DC Universe that launched today too, where instead of just doing an unlimited comic service like Marvel does digitally, they're doing comics and TV shows and movies in the DC Universe produced by Warner Brothers, both the old Superman movies from back in the day, but also upcoming originals. I think we're going to see more of these kinds of, of things and the prices are going to be all over the place because it's a it's a brave new world. Nobody really knows what the proper price for this kind of bundled service is. But very few people other than Apple and Amazon have the ability to go at scale that they do. And that's why I think they're going to try to make it a killer price point. Niantic announced it will open its AR platform to third-party developers. The platform is used in Ingress, Harry Potter, Wizards Unite, and Pokemon Go. Niantic is also acquiring London's Matrix Mill, which focuses on computer vision and machine learning. Niantic recently acquired Escher Reality, which does cross-platform shared AR experiences. Niantic showed off new techniques thanks to the acquisitions, uh, including one that allows Pikachu and other creatures to hide behind real-world objects and low-latency connections for shared experiences across devices. Developers can find out more at nianticlabs.com slash developers. It's pretty pretty smart for Niantic to say we're going to take the platform that we're using in multiple places and open it up to third parties and, and monetize it that way as well, because I don't think they lose anything from that. Well, not when their biggest hits are IP licensing, right? So they want to become the Unreal Engine for these AR kinds of games. And then if they can get a a persistent licensing fee on the next big thing in this space, that's better than just somebody else in this space taking the kind of things that they already have and, and, and going off. And then from a developer perspective, being able to spin up so much faster with something that is very data that is very hard to gather in general 
is a great idea. Yeah, it seems like an aggressive expansion because it's not just the company saying, hey, you know, we, we can't possibly do all this AR ourselves. Let's open it up to third-party developers and make something like Pokemon Go um, a bigger thing than what we would do. They're also buying companies to to aid this effort too. Yeah, it, it's, it feels like Amazon realizing, oh, that cloud data center uh, system that we built to serve our retail could be a platform that we sell to others. You know, let's make some money off that. Uh, it, yeah. it feels like the realization of, oh, we built all this stuff. We had a few more pieces by acquiring a few more companies, and suddenly we've got a, a pretty amazing offering there. Also, uh, Pokemon Go just added friends and trading this month, something that you would think would be a key feature to a Pokemon game at launch day. They do not move very fast. This is a way for them to make money with other people that are moving faster. Google has invested $22 million in Chaos. That's K-A-I-O-S. It's a company that makes an operating system for smart feature phones. These are basically feature phones that have limited app use, but they do have a sort of an app store kind of feature. They're just not as powerful as your high-end smartphone. Uh, Chaos is based on a fork of the now-defunct Firefox OS, and because of the investment from Google, Chaos will integrate more Google services, things like Search, Maps, YouTube, Google Assistant, etc. Feature phone sales are growing faster than smartphone sales right now because feature phones can have apps and things like that. So they're almost as capable as like a, a trio was back in the day. And uh, CounterPoint estimates that Chaos shipped about 23 million phones in Q1. That's up 11,400% on the year, although it's always high when you go from a very low number uh, at the start. Chaos runs on the Geophones from Reliance in India, making Chaos the second most popular OS in India behind Android and in front of iOS. Chaos also runs on the phones uh, that HMD makes for Nokia, uh, runs on Micromax, runs on Alcatel. And I think this is another developing market that's worth paying attention to is this sort of middle ground smart feature phone. It sounds like a misnomer, but essentially it's, it's a low powered phone. So it can be very inexpensive, but it has just enough power to run light apps like we heard Instagram uh, is creating as well as web apps. So this could be the thing that makes web apps finally get some traction and get a little more development love. But everybody wants in on this light app market because they know this is the place that is going to still grow, whereas the smartphone market may be getting saturated. Yeah, you, 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 you literally just said it. Market share, market share, market share. Look for it high, and this is them looking for it low. Yeah, buy low, sell high, exactly. Well, my first question when I originally read the story was, well, why wouldn't Google just make some sort of a light Android version? But it sounds like because of chaos's ubiquity, especially in India and some other markets that it makes more sense for Google to invest in something that people are already using and liking rather than get them to switch all over to something else. Yeah, because they have Android Go, which is their their attempt to, to target this market with an Android version, but they're smart enough to realize, well, shoot, if, <laughs> if Chaos is the number two and we have Android and Android Go, we could have the number one, two, and three uh, out of those three possibly. So yeah, it's it's a good move on their part. You know, go Go where the market is. And and I think if you get enough people who are using the Google services because they have a phone powered by chaos, you're more likely to have them upgrade to an Android phone because of those Google services. 
I like the name. Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> That's my chaos theory anyway. Professor Chaos. That's what it reminds me of, Professor Chaos. Amazon announced Show Mode, which is a free software update rolling out July 2nd for current gen Fire HD 8 and Fire HD 10 tablets. It's actually similar to the Echo Show. So the new Show Mode will show full screen visuals that correspond to voice responses from Amazon's assistant, we know who she is, such as trending news or weather or calendars or camera feeds, that kind of stuff. Amazon also announced the show mode charging dock. It's a docking station for current gen Fire HD 8 and 10 tablets with a magnetic cover that props up the tablet as well. So you can look at the visuals. The dock supports inductive charging, has a micro USB cable, costs 40 bucks for the HD 8, 55 for the HD 10 and is shipping July 12th. Yeah, you can do something like this with the Fire TV Cube as well. If you want to leave your TV on, you can have it go into show mode and, and have those same kind of slides show up. Um, I, I wonder how many people are really going to go for the dock. But I guess if you want a charging device, maybe you'll spend a couple extra bucks to, to do this instead of buying an Amazon Echo Show. I just don't have a good handle on how many people really want this kind of device around their house. I, I like my Amazon Echo Show, but I don't hear people talking about it a lot. I don't either. Um, in fact, every time you mention it, I'm like, you do? You never, <laughs> never mentioned it. Uh, not that you're not using it, but I mean, this is great. Hey, if you got a Fire HD 8 or 10, this is you know one of the new ones anyway. I, I, I'd love visuals if I had a device that supported that. I don't currently. See, but- whenever, whenever we talk about these kinds of functionalities... The biggest thing I see them in is not in tablets and not in a a separate device. It's on televisions. And that's where I think this is going to eventually that 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 is the end game for Amazon. They want to perfect this kind of tech and how people use it, know what people want from it, and then say, now here's the place where you spend three hundred dollars on an Amazon television. I wonder how many people out there will use this even more like a television people use tablets like televisions uh especially younger folks in smaller places where they might have to have room to put a to big big lcd or big led screen somewhere uh and and so the idea of having a charging dock where you're like oh i can actually set it on you know over there and view it as a television i mean can't set it very far at 10 inches but but still it, it feels a little more like a television experience that way Amazon announced it's acquiring online pharmacy pill pack, which packages, organizes, and delivers drugs with the specific number of medications consumers are supposed to take at a specific time. Terms of the deal weren't disclosed, but the deal is expected to close in the second half of the year. Oh, my. This may be the biggest impact of the stories we have today. Uh, Back in April... We were doing stories on DTNS about how CNBC had reported that Amazon was backing away from the idea of getting into the prescription drug market, uh, that they found the hospital buying system to be too complex uh, and they were no longer going to apply for the permissions they needed to create a nationwide uh, pharmaceutical delivery uh, system. And everyone rejoiced and the stock market started buying CVS and Walgreens stock again. Uh, today, they're doing the opposite because it turns out what Amazon was doing is said, oh, you know what? Instead of build this one, let's buy it. And PillPack is a compelling offering. They have a license to operate in all 50 states. They have a service that not only delivers your your prescriptions to you, but they work with doctors to create packaging that makes it easy to tell 
what you should take and when. So it's perfect for people with multiple medications because everything you need is in one pack for that day if you want it to be delivered that way. Uh, So this is huge for Amazon. Amazon just bought their way into the pharmaceuticals market. And that is something that has the healthcare industry, at least the people who will compete with them, shaken in their boots. Uh, and look, we have a rapidly evolving healthcare market right now, uh, and you've seen as as the CVSs of the world are buying into, uh, uh, you know, uh, buying into it that that we are in ten to fifteen years, the way we think about who we buy our healthcare from and how we interact with it will be very very different than it is right now. To think that Amazon wasn't going to get into this gigantic, massive, guaranteed cash cow when delivery is so much of a crucial step forward on it, I think was foolhardy. This is an absolute slam dunk, I think, for Amazon. Well, I mean, of all the things that Amazon offers, the company does really well with anything that people are like, oh, I buy this regularly. So let's just get on a schedule. So pill pack is a perfect example of that. I mean, maybe even more so than toilet paper, although, you know. I'm not judging anybody, but, but if you, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're taking your drugs at very specific times. Yeah. The organization aspect of it is also very important. The online delivery aspect of it is very important. I don't exactly know what uh pill pack puts on top of what the prescriptions already cost in order to deliver to you. One might think that Amazon could bring that price down a little bit and get more people to jump on board because that's what Amazon does. Yeah. Imagine if uh, Prime subscribers now get free delivery through PillPack, right? Like, <laughs> Don't want to be sick anymore? Amazon Prime. <laughs> it cures good for what ails you, literally. Like what the doctor <laughs> has decided has ails you. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think that this... Uh, this is this is this is big, and it, it does bring up the question of how many things do we want Amazon to be involved in? I mean, how many things do we want Google to be involved in? How many things do we want Facebook to be involved in, etc.? Those are all valid questions. Uh, Amazon is quickly conquering multiple markets: logistics, publishing, video production. I mean, they're not monopolies in all of these areas, but they are dominant cloud but, but services, here, here, etc. Here's why. Here's why Amazon stepping into this, I think, is something that people will feel a little better about because Amazon's greatest contribution as a company was logistics. It figured out how to get these things to you cheaper, faster. And if that's what they're good at, if that's the basis, the foundation of what they're good at in the way that Google's basis of foundation is figuring out how to sell ads. And the basis of Apple is figuring out how to build cool hardware that melds with the software they also make for it. Then I think we're all okay with medicine getting to us faster and cheaper. Yeah, as long as... uh, Amazon owns all the groceries I buy. Right? I mean, at some point, uh, use your powers for good, please. Uh, I mean... Means as, less as, and less. As, as somebody who already gets their health care by way of an Amazon employee uh, program, <laughs> let me just say that I, for one, welcome our new overlords. Yeah, I wouldn't want Comcast, as someone who gets his health care from someone who works for NBC Universal, <laughs> getting into this game necessarily. So, uh, yeah, mm. I don't know. It makes me makes me a little nervous still. That's all I that's all I got to say. Uh, here's something that makes everyone nervous: surveys. A new survey from Pew Research Center, polling 4,594 U.S. adults, finds that 43% of people in the U.S. think major tech companies support liberal 
over conservative views. 11% say they support the views of conservatives over liberals, because big business, I guess. And 43% say they support equally. So the headline is 43% of Americans think major tech companies support liberal views, but you could also say 43% think they are equal. Uh, but they definitely, as the minority, think that they're conservative. 33% believe these same companies support male views over female views, while 55% say it's equal between the two. 72% of those polled say social media platforms probably censor political views that those companies find objectionable. 53% of people in the U.S. think it's more important for people to feel welcome and safe online than it is for people to be able to speak their minds freely in digital spaces. So they say, oh yeah, they censor, but most of us think that's okay. Uh, 74% said the impact of major technology companies on their own lives has been more good than bad, while 36% of Americans say the impact of these companies on society as a whole has on balance been more bad than good. So even though they say, oh, they're censoring, they're probably liberal, but you know what? They still, you know, they still have improved my life. Uh, and 51% of the U.S. think they should be regulated more, though interestingly, American ranked tech companies behind pharmaceutical companies, although <laughs> one's becoming a pharmaceutical company a little faster than others, uh, pharmaceutical companies, banks, advertisers, and the energy industry all thought to have too much power and influence in the economy more so than tech companies, even though tech companies are the biggest companies in the U.S. by market cap. Well, huh. I mean, I'm not going to go through these uh, line by line, but Companies supporting male views over female. And again, I was not somebody that was polled in this study, but one would think that would be the case just because most of these businesses are predominantly run by men. So that would just be something that you would probably think. Um, as far as whether or not, especially social companies, are bad versus good, I mean, that's a question I ask myself all the time, and it depends on the day. I think probably most of the time, I think social networks are better than they are bad because I can connect with people I wouldn't see or hear otherwise. But yeah, we've, we, you know, we have these ongoing conversations about society in general and, and you know, how, how some, of, some of these tools, uh, even though they're meant to connect, can be, yeah, manipulative and sort of damaging to, 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 to the way that we've done things. As far as liberal and conservative, I think uh, you probably, you know, you ask somebody who's a liberal and they'll say, well, it's, you know, they, they're veering toward the conservatives, you know. Well, actually, according to the survey, ask someone that's a liberal, they're likely to say it's pretty equal, which makes me feel maybe it is shifted a little liberal. Because if you see something you agree with, you think it's more balanced. Well, well I guess that's true. As far as that goes, I would be curious to compare that to, let's say, publishing and media in general, mm. because I think that, that I see a lot of the similar trends with like, all right, well, yeah, of course, they're liberal. They're from this bastion of uh, this liberal enclave of the Bay Area, right? In the same way that publishing is from traditionally this liberal enclave of New York and uh, all the attendant colleges and stuff uh, that, that feed into it. The curious thing about whether or not it's good or bad is that if you go from, and I wish we had this historical data, of asking this exact question from f the invention of fire until now, with <laughs> all the Frankensteins in between, right? 
I suspect that we would probably have a number around this, if not worse. People always tend to think that the inevitable march of technology. Hold on. The key here is 74% said the impact of major technology companies has been more good than bad. That's what I'm saying. I so think what this it is, is, like- is, they're saying, yeah, the devices they make, those are great. The way they behave, I don't like that. And that's yeah, that, that's that's my point, is that I think this is grading on the curve of history a, a sterling report because I would suspect that it might come in lower because there was yeah. always anxiety about these kinds of uh, inventions. Well, but before I move on, just one one of the other points, 53%, so just over half of those polled thought that it was more important to feel welcome and safe than to have people be able to speak their minds. You know, yeah. so it's that whole free speech thing, which is something that lots of these companies are grappling with because people say, oh, you know, I, you know, this, this sucks. I hate it here. You know, I'm being, you know, harassed and you have to build better tools in order for me to want to be here. But of course, just under those half, the other half of people are like, well, but that's not how this works. And depending on the company, of course, as we know, um, some companies are, are they lean more towards the free speech arena. But it is interesting that we're really kind of split in the middle on that one. And I don't know how that changes. I mean, I always look at Twitter as an example because people will, something terrible will happen. And I see a bunch of people who are like at replying Jack is the CEO of Twitter. Yeah. You got to do something. You got to do something. And And social networks amplify negative news. Yes. And negative news about social networks also gets amplified on social networks. So it makes sense that the feeling might tilt that way. I would think that's because, uh, of course, as we all know, the first conversation on the telephone was a conversation about how cool it was to talk on a telephone, which means that there will always Always be conversations about the platform on the platform. The one thing that I will say about that is I think that that tracks to what the defining conversation of our current age is about, hey, well, what about bringing in more voices? That seems to be writ large at the base of so many of the conversations we are having right now. U.S. supermarket chain Kroger announced it's partnering with Neuro to launch a fully driverless delivery service with a pilot set for this fall in a city which has not been announced yet. Neuro will use a fleet of self-driving test vehicles with human safety drivers to make deliveries for Kroger's grocery stores. If you haven't heard of Neuro, Neuro was founded by two veterans of Google's self-driving car team. The company came out of stealth back in January with the R1 compact vehicle, which Kind of looks like a smushed van. Very cute. Let's go. Krogering becomes let the Krogering come to us. <laughs> like, Let's go Krogering a, a slogan. <laughs> that was their slogan. Yeah. Back uh, in the 80s. Okay. And it's, it's I actually Kroger's. I, I don't have a Kroger in my area. But it's the largest U.S. supermarket chain, I believe. Kroger owns Ralph's. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I a great move for Kroger when they're looking at Amazon coming in and eating that entire industry to say, let's get ahead of this. Let's be one of the first grocery stores to have self-driving cars. A, it might be more efficient, and it certainly is going to make a splash in the papers. And the question is now, how fast is fast in that entire market? And 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 is it viable for a Kroger? Like, can you layer on top of your local neighborhood grocery store, the idea to get something fast enough to you that people are excited or, and I guess this is Kroger's pitch with the self, with the driverless cars. Is it at cheap or free to buy from us and have it, have us get it to you folks. If you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, subscribe to them at dailytechheadlines.com. 
Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit, dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Keeping that alive. Lots of good conversations happening there, as well as facebook.com slash group slash dailytechnewsshow. But what's in the mailbag, Sarah? Glad you asked, Tom. Alex from New York City had some thoughts on duplex from our conversation yesterday, and he had some good points. Alex says, I can imagine a scenario where I would tell duplex to find a dinner reservation for me after a movie that I'm already going to see. I could tell it to use the default rules, which would include something like A rating. So want to make sure the Department of Health has signed off on this restaurant. Four stars or better on Yelp or Open Table. Three dollar signs or less. Don't want to pay too much. Five minutes away from the venue or on the path of the way home. And then compare it to the places that I've already starred in my Google Maps, which some people do a lot. Then it could take all that input, call various places to see if there was anything available. If I find a place on the way home, it could adjust the reservation time depending on how far away from the venue or the places, etc., And he said, Tom, you made a good comment in Good Day Internet, because we talked about this a little bit later after the show yesterday, that Duplex's current iteration is really just the first step of many to get to that glorious future of an actual personal digital assistant that we're all going for. Yeah. Also, we had several people write in and say, I don't like talking on the phone or I have legitimate anxiety about talking on the phone. And this would be a godsend for me uh, because I will do things that I would avoid otherwise because otherwise, I just I just don't want to talk to people, uh, and I I count myself among them. I will resist calling a place uh, because I just don't want to have to talk to somebody. And and this sounds amazing for that as well. Justin, what do you think? Are you weirded out by the uh, the 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 realistic Google Duplex voice, or is that not an issue for you? I actually wish that we would get to the step beyond this, where Google can just make. Uh, uh, a, a a realistic or just a, a computer that can talk to my computer for everything. <laughs> like if this is the bridge to get to there where we have to have a fake human talk to the human because the restaurant isn't tech savvy enough to put something on, you know, their website or, or something like that, that I can just interact with uh, in, in a more granular way, then sure. I'm fine with it. But also, like, I used to be a reporter, so calling strangers was kind of my job for a, a bit. I have a little bit less anxiety about calling random people, but I would also like to be able to just do it in five seconds on an app. I always prefer to use an app in any uh, uh, situation in general. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm fine with it, but I don't necessarily think that it's something that I would use all the time. Well, you know what we're happy about? The fact that you're really still a human, Justin Robert Young. Thanks for being on the show today and let folks know where they can keep up with your work. Well, you want to know what? Here's the best way that you can get in touch with me. Go on over to freepoliticalnewsletter.com. We talked a little bit about politics and uh, how people look at uh, social networks, but you're going to find in very, very, very eventful political times the best newsletter to wake up your morning with it is five stories most of them are uh they have a little hot take in them some of them have just gifts many of which are from the Chappelle show so go ahead and check it out freepoliticalnewsletter.com thanks to everybody who supports this show at patreon.com slash dtns or by shopping or maybe both uh at our store dailytechnewsshow.com slash store
Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. You should email us. In fact, we demand it. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC, and you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. End of the month roundtable show with Trisha Hirschberger, Shannon Morris, and Len Peralta tomorrow. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>